Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Rumors versus Facts, the UGA Sports Recruiting Show, where we try to take all the crap that's out there, all the rumors, all the innuendo, all the lies, and tell you what's actually going on. And we've got uh, two good recruiting experts here. Well, one good recruiting expert and one busted hand, you know, halfway (laughs) decent guy in uh, Lance McCaulkey, who's I want to know between you and Jed, you've both had wrist issues. Is there something about covering Georgia recruiting that gets you injured? I, I mean, got injured on the job. Where I got I'm playing golf. So yeah. I got yeah. injured on the job. So workers comp all the way. Oh my God. <laughs> Jed gets injured playing golf. I mean, how the hell did he, did he get slapped by a beer cart girl or something? I don't know. Anyway, uh, real quick, let's uh, we, let's talk to the transfer portal. I know we talked uh, about Georgia recruiting, but you guys cover Georgia recruiting. And this is kind of a recruiting. These are guys leaving the. Uh, program, or maybe there are guys coming into the program if there's guys on the portal that Georgia's going to get. So to me, the the whole point of recruit covering recruiting is who's going to be on your roster, who's not. So let's kind of hit some of the high points there. Uh, I want to start off, of course, with the biggest news of the day. Brock Vandegreff uh, announces that he's leaving. So, uh, Jed, give me your thoughts, then Lance, give me yours. Yeah, I mean, not shocking. Um, you know, this is a move that people honestly thought could have happened uh, last year. Like, I remember Brock being asked about it after G-Day. Um, obviously stuck it out, was the backup this year, appeared in eight games, um, and and announced today that he's entering the portal. And it's it's interesting because obviously Carson Beck hasn't made a, a public decision yet, but you wonder if it's a, a tea leaves kind of thing where uh, Carson Beck could end up coming back. So, um, you know, it, it, it's one less body in the room. George's got two bodies coming in as far as the freshman class. Um, we expect Gunnar Stockton to to stick around. Uh, no matter what Carson Beck does. So, um, you know, if you're Gunnar Stockton, you'd either go into the spring probably as the presumed backup, or if Carson Beck leaves, then you'd, I guess, have the inside track at the starter job. So, uh, yeah, Brock Vandegrift gone, not shocking, but um, they're just just a case where, uh, you know, a crowded room got a little less crowded today. Mm-hmm. I'm not really shocked either. Obviously, you know, I mean, I mean, even last year, even before – you know, everything was kind of like, oh, is he going to come back? Is he not? And then, he, then, like Jed said, I was in that interview with him on G-Day, and he said it's really all kind of up in the air right now. I did know that, you know, he graduated uh, or he is going to graduate, and he wanted to get that UGA degree, so I didn't really see him leaving at least before the start of this season. I think he gets it like next week. So he's got two more years left, and, uh, you know, I mean, he's kind of following the footsteps of uh, you know former Georgia quarterbacks that have left and JT Daniels and Jacob Eason that have kind of, you know, done their part. And, uh, you know, I think the fan base, you know, received it well. Uh, you mentioned uh, JT Daniels. I'm pretty sure he hung up his cleats and is not going to be a coach somewhere. Well, where's yeah. Jacob Eason? No, no he idea. He was kicking around practice squads for a while. Um, I mean, I know he's with the Colts for a little bit, I think. Um, but about all I know. What a talent. Uh, to your point, uh, Gunnar Stockton, people have been asking about him. And we put Brock Vandegrift on our list yesterday of guys who might potentially transfer. We listed about uh, eight, nine guys. We said, look, here are the guys based on what we're hearing. And um, they're not getting a lot of playing time and are not really scheduled to get a lot of playing time. Mm-hmm. So we put a, quite the list out yesterday. I think that thread's got uh, five, six pages, 14,000 views at the dog vent. So if you want to know what's going in other words, if you were reading yesterday, a lot of the names that popped up on the portal today did not surprise you. Okay. These were um, uh, uh, guys that, you know, there's nothing shocking there. And I'll bring up the transfer portal here. 
there's also Darius Smith, Jonathan Jefferson, uh, CJ Madden, uh, Jackson Meeks, Austin Blasky. There are more to come. It's uh, I'm thinking anywhere from 10 to 15. George is going to be very active in adding some of these, you know, some names out of the portal back to the team. So um, we'll, we can get into that here in a second. But uh, of those guys, let's talk real quick about Jonathan Jefferson and CJ Madden. Uh, those were a little bit surprising to me because when you're looking at guys who are going to transfer, it's usually for more playing time. George is getting a losing four senior defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Jonathan Jefferson and CJ Madden. And now CJ Madden's outside linebacker, but you know, that's kind of that defensive line ish type thing. I would have thought that those guys would stick around. And what am I missing? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Madden, maybe not only because you've got so many, you know, young, extremely talented. I mean, Darius, or not Darius, um, Damon Wilson. Um, you know, if, if Jalen Walker becomes more of an outside linebacker, there's a lot of room there. Jonathan Jefferson, yeah, you're right, just because. He's he's very experienced in, in all these things, and he just has never really made a huge impact in his career. But again, there's been guys in front of him. So, um, but he looks great. He's put on so much size yeah. since last yeah. time I saw him. I'm like, man, this guy's gotten massive. And and it seems like he could at least. And with the thing is, as much as Georgia rotates, it, it, it's not like you know being a backup would mean you never play. Like you wrote, you yeah. played. I mean, Kristen Miller was a quote unquote backup this year, and. and Played a decent amount, had a couple uh, good plays in the SEC championship. So, you know, maybe a little surprising only because playing time seems like it's there, but he could be, you know, just want to look somewhere else. Um, Darius Smith is one where that that's its own. That's been reported for a while. That That's more of a, um, you know, he, he had that incident and he was away from the team. So that one's been on the wall for a while. Um, you know, you look down the list there, Jackson Meeks, another one who has just never really cracked that receiver rotation. I mean, great on special teams. Absolutely a, a dynamo there. And then um, but and then Austin Blasky is a guy who I think if he had stayed, he would have maybe started somewhere only because George is losing a lot of different guys. Like he was battling with Ernest Green there for a while uh, to start at left tackle this year. So um, but again, I mean, maybe these guys just want to want to look at greener pastures, want another opportunity. Um, you know, it's not always just straight playing time but uh, yeah none of these as you mentioned Roddy none of these names on this list are you know like when the Bear Alexander one came out last year that was like whoa like, where did this go yeah it's like what the hell yeah, was a little like whoa where's where I mean you understood it you wanted to be he wanted to be close to home but it was still a whoa where's this coming from none of these guys on this list are uh are especially close surprising. to home my ass man come on that's not why he left he he ended up close to home yeah, well, that, that's true. But, but again, it's, right. it's A.D. Mitchell wanted to be close closer to home. Yeah. yeah, it's it's it was none of these on this list are uh, you know out of uh, out of left field for sure. Mm-hmm. I think Blasky's a little interesting, obviously, just because you know Roddy, you talked about last week. Georgia's probably losing you know four offensive linemen. Um, you know, Tate Rallage, I think you know could stay, but I mean Blasky's and Blasky's been versatile. Um, but you know. I think he lost a little weight before the season and battled an injury, but, you know, that's an interesting one. But I know that, uh, you know, that's been, you know, that doesn't come as a surprise as well. Well, to me, Austin Blasky, okay, state championship wrestler, was battling Ernest Green for that left tackle spot, got a lot of first-team reps, uh, then got sick, then got injured, and it set him back. Mm-hmm. Um then when uh, Amaris Mims goes down, they move Truss over. Truss has you know, got like two years on him, and Truss plays over there. Micah Morris and um, 
Uh, Dylan Fairchild grabbed that left guard spot. But to me, when you lose, I mean, look at it from left to right, Ernest Green comes back. Uh, Xavier Truss is gone at left guard. Cedric Van Pran at center is gone. And you said Tate Rally at right guard is gone. But Mary Smith is going to go to the NFL uh, a year early. Right tackle gone. Like, man, Austin could fit any of these spots. Yeah. Now, I get it. Uh, yeah. You're probably going to bring in uh, Monroe Freeling at that uh, right tackle spot. You're going to bring in Jared uh, Wilson at center. Uh, Micah Morris and Dylan Fairchild could be your guards. But I'm like, man, uh, Austin. And, again, Austin has a lot of options. So I just thought that that was kind of a blow uh, to Georgia's potential there. I mean, Georgia's rebuild, if you will, because he could be pretty, pretty good. Uh, Jax Meeks plays in every game. He's a special teams baller, but it's just a loaded wide receiver room, so I could see why he doesn't get as many snaps. Uh, yeah. Makai Muse, uh, somebody's telling me, hey, I think Makai might go into the portal. I'm like, well, maybe, but that's another guy who, if he's on a different team, Jax Meeks is a starter somewhere. Makai mm-hmm. Muse is a starter somewhere. C.J. Smith is a starter somewhere. Uh, it's tough. Um, some of the other guys we were looking at, uh, maybe a Tyler Williams, uh, uh-huh. A Lou Ba, the offensive lineman. Uh, Nylon Green, the cornerback. Those are all guys who might go into the portal, and if they do, they are going to find a warm reception somewhere else. There's a lot of places those guys can play. So, uh, A lot of questions over here about Michael Williams. Yeah, I saw, that. I saw somebody say, where is it in here? It was you. Michael has removed all Georgia stuff off his bio. His Twitter right here says defensive end at, at University of Georgia. So, um, you know, that's, that is what it is, but, um, you know, we, we have kind of, I, I've seen that out there. Um, I don't, I don't personally see Michael leaving. I mean, he's, you know, he, he seems to be pretty, you know, well-liked by his teammates. He obviously plays a lot. Um, didn't have as, as great a year this year, I think as maybe some had hoped, but, you know, he had that nagging, I think he was a foot injury, uh, there for a while. It slowed him down in fall camp, but, you know, I, I I don't foresee him leaving, um, but again, I wouldn't have foresaw Bear Alexander leaving at this time. Well, last year. not only that, uh, talk to me about a couple of the the names at quarterback nationwide that jumped in the portal first thing this morning. Yeah, Dylan I mean, Kyle Dylan Gabriel. State. I mean, yeah. that was that one was surprising. Dylan Gabriel uh, from Oklahoma is surprising. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. There's so many guys who went in. I mean, DJ. Uyagole makes sense only because Oregon State has a new coach. They have no conference. Um, I mean, it's not funny if you're an Oregon State fan, but it's just, it's amazing with the state that that program's in all of a sudden. But, you know, guys, you know, if you're Kyle McCord, you're thinking, man, I just went 11 and one. I lose to Michigan by, you know, a touchdown or whatever. And, and I got That's folks who want to run me out of town. So, and, and I saw, you know, it was on, I don't know if it was on Twitter or the Ohio State board this morning, but people speculating that Ohio State, had told McCord, you know, thanks, but no thanks, because they want to get a portal guy. So then that sets off this whole other, uh, you know. Well, his head coach said, yeah, we're going into the bowl game. We're going to have an open competition at quarterback. Yeah. What a, so, what a, I mean, what a big FU to your starting quarterback. If, if Kirby Smart came out tomorrow and said, yeah, we're going to have a quarterback competition for this game, uh, you know, this bowl game. Hey, Carson, you know, we know you have other options, but we're going to you know let you fight it out with uh, Ryan Puglisi, uh, you know, Gunner Stockton, Brock's taking off. You know, you got you got to beat out uh, Dylan Rayola coming in. If I'm Carson, I'd be like, so what? This whole season, I feel I would feel FSU'd. I would feel you know like uh, my regular season doesn't count for something. You know, mm-hmm. I, you could do that behind the scenes. 
you know, all positions are open, right? Kirby always says that, you know, there's everyone has to fight and earn, earn their position every day. You can be challenged any day for that sort of thing. But to say it publicly, man, they got a lot of kids in the portal over there. Chris Taylor's asking what's going on at Ohio State. Yeah. It, it, ooh, it's, it's not good. Makes, me if the cult, makes you wonder if the culture. Ooh, the C kind of, word. You went right to it. It's kind of changing over there with uh, three straight losses to uh, what did they Teton the the school or the pro I don't know school up north or something like that Michigan. So come on, Jermaine. There's there's only two teams left over there. All it takes is one yeah. of them to transfer, and that's yeah. Jermaine's already trolling the show. Uh, and uh, Andy So says uh, they told him bye because they're going after Dante Moore. I can see it. Yeah, and I mean Dante Moore is you know he comes in he's a true I want to say he was a five star maybe on rivals starts either all over mostly or UCLA and then he goes in the portal and I know there's some uncertainty around Chip Kelly um, as far as I know he still has a job but yeah. it's like you know nothing is you know nothing is sacred is a little bit of a cliche but like just because you are a quarterback and you have a good year at a place that does not mean you're coming back so. Um, and if you're Kyle McCord, it's not a guarantee that you're wanted back if, if that's the case. So it's it's crazy, man. It's th this first day. Someone I've seen it on Twitter a few times today that people say this is like how signing day used to be with all the craziness everywhere. And it's it's you know, I I'm Pepperidge Farms old enough to remember how those signing days used to be. And, and it's right. It's just everywhere you look, there's craziness. Uh, somewhere. We used to get up and like, yeah, oh, go, go ahead. I think there were like three guy UGA guys before 11 a.m. Yeah. in the portal. Well, I mean, well now, that's, to be fair, um, we mentioned, you know, Nylon Green might go in there, Jackson Meeks, uh, Alou Ba, Austin Blasky, Chad Lindbergh. Chad's been around a while. He's he's another graduate. You know, we mentioned Blasky. We said the if Carson Beck returns, look for Brock Vandegriff and or Gunnar Stockton transfer. Well, Brock decided he wasn't going to wait to find out. And uh, or and maybe he has, maybe there is the possibility that Carson Beck has told them, "Hey, I'm coming back." And so, Brock's like, "Look, I'm going." Especially, the, I I was thinking that he would wait further until he heard from Brock. But to your point, you said uh, three guys were in there already. Um, what happened first thing this morning? Dylan Gabriel, like you say, all these guys put their name in the portal. If you're thinking about going into the portal and you're a quarterback. You got to jump on the stick, man. It's like, oh, crap. Yeah. Physically, you know, if you want to go somewhere and start next year, you know, if, if you're not there for the spring, that that's really, really, really going to set you back. Like if you show up on campus June 1st or whatever, it's going to make it tough on you to be starting two months later, three months later. So, you know, getting in there as quick as you can is essential because, again, theoretically, you could be there uh, for next semester and start spring practice in March. So, waiting around and seeing what Carson Beck's going to do. And then, you know, maybe not getting into a place, uh, you know, before the spring or, you know, if all these schools fill their vacancies the next week or two, that makes it tough on yourself. So it's uh, again, it's, it's every guy's decision has, has effects everywhere else. It's, it's a domino effect everywhere. Yeah. So I, I was thinking uh, Brock would wait and find out what Carson's going to do. Then uh, if Carson hasn't decided, it, my first thought was once, the Brock Vandegrift news will tell us what Carson Beck is doing. But now we can't, I can't say that. And speaking to people close to the program, there's not been a definitive answer one way or the other. So 
if Carson Beck decides to go pro, it's the Gunner Stockton era, and he's going to kill it. He's very, very talented. Um, you guys have all seen him. Uh, I want to cover a bunch of his games. He's a very exciting quarterback. Uh, Georgia can win a national title with Gunner Stockton, a quarterback. I have, I have very little doubt. Uh, he's not the biggest guy, but he's a baller. And you talk to people who go to practice, they're like, that kid is wild. I know uh, Trent probably agrees with me or maybe doesn't. I don't know. Uh, Trent, give us your thoughts real quick on the Georgia quarterback situation. We're talking we're talking transfer portal. Then we're going to move on to uh, uh, some other guys that uh, might wind up in this recruiting class. And, and we'll maybe we'll talk some guys who might go into it and might come out of it. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I just came in when Jeb was talking about, you know, get, having to get on campus early. You know, Brock, Brock has waited his turn for three years, and it hasn't come. And for now he's had to make the decision. I have to make – I got I got to go. I got to make a choice because he wants to play – and I don't blame him. You know, he's he's three years out of high school. He wants to play. He's been able to graduate. Um, he's he really star? good in school. Do what? Wasn't he like a five star guy? Yeah, he was a five star guy. So five stars want to play right away. I, I'm surprised that it's it's taken this long. And um, and the fact that he came back, he wanted to compete with Beck for the starting job with Stetson left. And when he didn't win that job. He wants to go, and he wants to get on the campus early, and he wants to be the starter next fall. And if he waits, find out what Beck does, and it goes into January. Now he's behind the eight ball, and um, and the big now programs have already gotten a kid out of the portal. And, and, yep. and yeah, and, and with all the kids in the portal, people are not going to uh, wait around for a, a Brock Vandergriff who hasn't played in three years. And I, I'm not saying anything about him because I think he, I can think he can be very good. I think he'd be a starting quarterback. I think he'd be a starting quarterback at Kentucky or a starting quarterback somewhere, but. There's too many options. Auburn or Oregon. There's too many options out there for him to wait around and then get left behind again. And then all his only options to go to like Central Michigan or something like that. So, uh, I mean, he had to make this choice. With all the players going in the portal, this is something he had to do. And, you know, if at this point, if Beck decides to come back, he'll be QB1. If he doesn't, I don't think you're losing much between Brock and Gunner. I don't, I mean, I think Good that's pretty point. much, I think, I think that is a, I think Georgia probably, you know, told him we can't give you a hundred percent answer that you're going to be the starting quarterback next year. I think that that'd be another thing. I think they would be an open competition. So what happened if Gunner beat him out, then he'd be in the same position as he was. So uh, I don't think the quarterback position will be handed to uh, um, Vandegrift if Beck went pro. Uh, real quick, I think it's a good question here from Andy. Says if uh, Beck leaves and Brock doesn't come back, uh, and again, Brock Vandegrift could come back. You you put your name in the portal doesn't mean you have a destination in mind all the time. Now, we saw what was it? Max Johnson uh, mentioned that he was going to go in the portal and that it had basically committed to UNC before the portal even opened. Mm-hmm. So yep. sometimes, you know. Back and, and, and I think with Georgia not being in the playoffs, you're going to hear a definite answer from Beck one way or another in the next seven days. So I think that, that in that case, if – Vandegrift don't like his options at that point, or if he doesn't get the option that he wants, he could very well come back and, and say, hey, I'm just going to come back and try to be the starting quarterback Georgia. Uh, Amarius Mims did it. Put his name in the portal, took a visit to uh, FSU, and said, nah, same for me. Came back and uh, is kicking butt. So there's, he's not gone. He's just put his name in the portal, which allows him to legally speak directly to coaches and such like that. So uh, it doesn't have to be backroom uh your parents talking to somebody at that school or something like that, or friends or a former head coach. Uh, but the question is, would the dogs go to the portal for a quarterback? Uh, 
Yes, because yeah. let's say that Brock leaves and uh, Carson goes to the NFL. I think it depends on the options. Uh, well, yeah. it leaves you with Gunnar Stockton yeah. and then two true freshman quarterback guys who were playing in high school that last last couple of weeks. You're going to tell me that Kirby Smart's not going to go find somebody? And he's going to say, look, you we've played for two national titles. We've had three undefeated seasons. We've gone 8-0 in the SEC three years in a row. We had a 29-game win streak. Uh, we got all these offensive linemen. we got running backs. we got wide receivers. I mean, if you're anybody out there, you're like, hey, I was about to go to – uh, you know, play at Texas A&M. I was about to go to play at uh, UNC. I was about to go to you know Stanford, but I can go to Georgia. I think Kirby'd have his pick. And, and I also think that Georgia wouldn't go after a guy with two or three years of eligibility. I think you're looking at a guy to come in as a one-year eligibility guy and and uh, you know come in see if you can win the job, kind of like a Grayson Lambert did. And come just come, come if you win, if you win the job over Gunner, you win it. But this is your one year. Yeah, you, you got you're kind of a one and done there. So. Uh, let's see. I thought, uh, real quick, there was a shakeup in the rankings. Uh, Jed, do you want to touch on that real quick while I'm looking through the comment section here? Yeah, since I'm solely responsible for these <laughs> rankings, um, I'll go ahead and put it out there. Uh, Dylan Raiola uh, is number two overall, which uh, you know he dropped behind Ohio State receiver Jeremiah Smith, which Jeremiah Smith is is a freak show. Um, he's he's I, he's nuts. Uh, Raiola still the number one quarterback, still a five star, obviously. Um, just not number one overall in the country. Cornerback uh, commit Ellis Robinson is number eight overall, which was a rise of, I think, five spots. Uh, he is also a, a freak show. Um, and then uh, linebacker Justin Williams is number 11 overall. Uh, so three five-stars for Georgia, three out of, I want to say there's 25 or 26. Um, the full full rankings come out tomorrow. Um, again, I put a lot of time into them. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Georgia is going to be well-represented. Um, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, a couple guys on there who are, are well overdue to be in the rankings that are, that are finally in there. So, uh, a sneak peek for tomorrow, but yeah, um, Dylan Raiola, I mean, he's, I think people think, I think he isn't, and I've said this on the show before. I don't know that he's ready to come in and start day one, even theoretically having a, a spring to get ready. Um, I don't think Ryan Puglisi would have to do in the SEC, but. Uh, the upside for both of those guys is uh, is huge. So, um, yeah, Puglisi or uh, Raiola number two overall, Ellis Robinson number eight, and uh, Justin Williams number eleven. Not a bad haul for the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh, sticking on before we get to some uh, guys that are uh, high school kids who might join the Georgia class, let's talk about maybe uh, some uh, guys in the portal that. Uh, George might be looking to add uh, a lot of questions about Walter Nolan. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about him real quick. Trent, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> How bad does George want Walter Nolan? Or do they want him? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know of a school that wouldn't want not Walter Nolan, uh, but the, I think the fact is that there, it, and we've always talked, Kirby's always, uh, when you talk about NIL, um, Kirby's going to use, um, uh, a guy, uh, he's going to use NIL on a guy that is proven rather than unproven, and especially in the trenches. So I don't think NIL is a, uh, an issue unless it was just like a massive bidding war. Um, you know, I think Alabama's going to be involved. I think Tennessee's going to be involved. I think Georgia's going to be involved. He's from Tennessee. Um, I think, uh, of course, Alabama and Georgia put 
D lineman in the NFL. This is his money year, and I think he's going to look at at uh, options and, uh, that are going to put guys in the NFL. Um, so I I would look no further than Georgia, uh, Tennessee, and Alabama as three schools that are going to uh, be in the mix, possibly in LSU, but I would lean more towards the other three. Um, but I do think those three schools are going to go after him heavily. I think I think a bunch of schools are going to go after him heavily, but I think he's going to look towards. Uh, you know, a lot of these kids came out of high school and looked for NIL, but this is his money year. This is his uh, this is his stock draft stock year, and uh, he's definitely a guy that could that could be a first rounder. And it's almost, you know, if you think about it in terms of, it's almost like a a, a year at Georgia. You could almost look at it as like an internship, right? You go you go learn under these guys who have sent so many defensive linemen to the NFL and NFL NFL scouts. One, we'll see you all the time at practice. And two, you can say, hey, I, I've learned under Trey Scott. I've learned under Kirby Smart. I've gotten – not to say that the coaching at Texas A&M is bad, but it's just one more stop of these guys who have proven to send guys to the NFL, a program that that is very highly respected uh, by NFL scouts and GMs and everything like that. So like you said, Trent, it could be a one-year stop and um, you know, off to, off to the NFL, but it would be a stop that would, I think, greatly enhance Walter Nolan's value to uh, – you know, And guys. I think – Kirby has the ability to turn on the film and say, look, this is this is where we were at two years ago with with Jalen Carter. This is where mm-hmm. we were at three years ago with uh with all the, the, the all Devante the other guys. Devontae Wyatt and uh Jordan Davis. Davis. This is where we was. This is where Trayvon we were last year. And oh, although we, we we did have a lot of seniors on that defense line we didn't have the overall talent and we want to get back to that talent and you could come in and, and, and get our 2001, 2002 defense back rather than our 2023. Cause I think they had a, uh, the, the talent showed, I know some of those guys played, I know some of those guys played and, and with, with Jalen Carter and those guys, but when you've got one difference maker in the middle, it kind of, it kind of just kind of cures everything. I think Michael Williams was worse this year without Jalen Carter. Uh, I think because when you when you put somebody that's probably not as talented as him, now Michael Williams is more focused on and he's been shut down. So I think if you can get somebody in there next to a Michael Williams, you can get back to that 2022 or 2021 defense. Yeah, I remember the first time I really learned that lesson. It was David Pollock's first year. Everybody was focused on Gerald Anderson. Everybody. He, he was the man. And that let Pollock almost be a uh, a free agent out there, just destroying people. Now he did go on to have you know Gerald Anderson off to the NFL, and Pollock had two more years of All Americanness in him. So it was it wasn't that you know it gave him time to develop. And I think uh, we saw the difference that Georgia last year when Jalen Carter missed some games. That defensive line wasn't the same. Yeah. Now I specifically knowing that in knowing that there was such a difference with him in the game and with him out of the game. In uh, Los Angeles last year, went up to Trey Scott and said, you're losing a generational talent in Jalen Carter. What about Georgia's defensive line next year? And he was so excited about Georgia's defensive line. He kept talking about the depth and said, Warren Brinson, we kept him from going to the NFL. I mean, you know, he didn't uh, prohibit him, but they're like, you know, we, we he's coming back. He's going to be big. We got uh, Nazir Stackhouse, Tyramingo Dawkins, you know, all these guys. We're so deep. We've never been this deep. Yeah, but you don't have difference makers. Those guys aren't Jalen Carter. Now, here's the thing. I, I'm with you. If Walter Nolan comes back, 
uh, any of these uh, defensive linemen. I just clicked on it. Uh, and all, not all the names are populated through of top defensive linemen, but if you can go to the portal and you're going to need to get some defensive linemen because, as we said, four guys graduate, two guys are already in the portal, uh, could be more coming out of the portal. Georgia needs to rebuild that defensive front. Uh, they were in the thick of it for Walter Nolan for a long time. Uh, I could definitely see them going after him, a bunch of other names. But you, if you can say, hey, I learned under Trey Scott, and he's the one that taught these other four first-round you know, NFL draft picks, that helps you when you go and you sit in on those meetings in uh, Indianapolis. Uh, Jed and I talked to those guys up there, like, hey, what was it like? You know, meeting with the Packers. What was it like meeting with the Falcons? What was it like meeting with the Steelers? Like, they put me up on the whiteboard and they asked me. They peppered me with questions about the offense and you know how to play this technique and how to play that technique. Like, how'd you do? Well, I answered them all. I go to Georgia. We run an NFL system, so I could see that's going to be very exciting for a uh, or very tempting for a guy to come to Georgia and play defensive line. Um, sure. What about was like a. Stewart. A lot of people asking about Stewart. Yeah, I mean, same thing. Georgia was in it till the end. I think he's a little. He's a little bit. If I remember them right, I, I believe he's a little different player than um, than Nolan. I think Nolan is more strictly interior, whereas like Stewart is a guy who you could slide in and out a little bit um, if it came down to it. But yeah, I mean, Georgia. Georgia honestly might have been in it more longer for Shamar Stewart even than they were Walter Nolan. You know, remembering I remember. Um, you know, he took a long unofficial visit to Georgia, he took an official, I think. So it's those two guys. And again, Kirby Smart has said we want guys who ideally we want guys who we've had prior relationships with and or coached against. And Kirby Smart knows those guys. Trey Scott obviously knows those guys. Um, Schumann, all the, all the defensive staff, um, you know, knows those guys. Um, so that would, um, you know, that's one more connection, I think, that you look for in this thing. Georgia, they don't just go. Okay, who's the you know number one guy on the board? We'll offer him, offer him, offer him. It's it's guys they know, guys they've played against, schemed against. Um, you know, the Vanderbilt receiver, London Humphreys, is the guy that that caught that long touchdown on the first uh, drive of the game for Vanderbilt. So it's you you know who that is, you know what he can do. So um, that's that's another thing to look for, I think, when um, when, when 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 Georgia's looking for guys out of the portal. You kind of got a selling point with Shamar Stewart too, if if he happens to go into the portal. Um, he, you know, he's six five, six six, two eighty. Does that remind you of anybody? Uh, first round pick a couple years ago, might have came out of Georgia. Um, so he, he's he's got that ability. I mean, he's got that ability to play that five tech slide in, play that uh, when Georgia goes to the nickel, play that uh, defensive tackle position. Um, so I mean, that that is a that that would definitely be a, a combo. I mean, you you take uh, Walter Nolan. Uh, I've seen somebody mention Deion Walker. I, I, I mean, was waiting I, for you to say his they, name. They would, I'm yeah. telling you, if Deion Walker goes in the portal, Kirby will it's, do a backflip. It's over. Kirby I will mean, drive Kirby, up there on the yeah. spot. I, I'm telling you, that would be his number one target. Uh, I know. I know everybody loves Walter Nolan. I think Deion Walker would be that number one guy for Kirby. If you if you teamed up a Walter Nolan or Deion Walker with Shamar Stewart and Michael Williams, your defensive line is 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 fine because you got Jordan Hall behind them, you got uh, uh, all the uh, Christian Miller. Christian Miller came on late. I thought he played really good, and I think all yes. the, the guys like like Christian Miller and Michael Williams, 
playing that five and three, all they're missing is a good nose. Uh, you're only missing somebody that can plug the middle and not get blown off by those double teams. And I think that is uh, where Georgia lacked this year, and they get blown up in the middle. Uh, and edge, but I'm not going to go there. So Yeah. Hey, be nice. Uh, real quick, Jason. Uh, oops. Uh, Jason King says, what about uh, Brian Taylor? Yeah, I mean, he he was on an official visit for the Ole Miss game. He is taking an official visit to Florida uh, this coming up weekend and told me he wants to commit next week. Um, I think, you know, he, he when I asked him yesterday, I said, hey, is, has Georgia been hitting you up a lot? And he said, yeah, well, it's died off a little bit. And he interpreted that as, you know, Georgia's focused on Alabama, you know, things like that. But I, I – and Trent, I think – you, I, you know, you kind of mentioned this yesterday. I think it might be more of a focus on the the portal and get those proven guys, get those guys who have played at this high major level um, and go from there. Not saying Brian Taylor couldn't come to Georgia. I just think the, the focus at this point might be more on those portal guys. Yeah, and, and, and I think you have to sit back, and this is where this is where I think the transfer portal has been a bad thing, is JUCO kids – have no chance because who are you going to take a proven guy that played at Texas A&M or a proven guy that played at Florida? Or are you going to take a, a proven guy that played at Dallas community college or where, wherever it happened to be? I think you're going to take a sec caliber kid that's played two years instead of having somebody have to get up to the speed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Georgia is going to, to test their luck in, in uh, the portal before they go to a Juco guy. Cause you're getting a guy with some sim- sim- uh, similar eligibility. I agree, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you are completely right, but it did work out well for Jermaine Burton. Uh, I'm not Jermaine Burton. Uh, Jermaine Johnson. Uh, <laughs> I got the, at least I didn't get the head coach. Wow. I'm going to break your other wrist. <laughs> did but it? He was at Florida State. He's yeah, a Florida I mean, State alum. He, he was at Georgia for one year, you know, ended up ended up leaving, goes to Florida State, but does get drafted very high. So I, I can tell you there's been about two guys out of 64 JUCO players that have worked out at Georgia. Oh, yeah. And and when you get the portal now. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. I agree, but, yeah, I mean. It, you can you can hit a diamond in the rough. Yeah. I, there, there's 100% no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, who was the uh, – who's the guy that we're still waiting to catch a pass? Was that Rumpf or uh, – who was John, that kid? Rumpf, John. I don't remember who that kid was. It was that Jonathan Jordan? Rumpf out of the, the uh, JUCO College. I, don't know. I, I get some of the transfers co- uh, confused. I was thinking about uh, when they brought in uh, Car Hamilton out of GMC, and you know, then they brought in. Uh, Is there a defensive lineman out of Notre Dame? One of Kirby's first years. Yeah, Jay Hayes. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the other thing, real quick about uh, JUCO kids. It's. Uh, one of the things that is used against Georgia on the recruiting trail all the time. Okay, my son's uh, 19. He was when he was looking to go to college. I'm like, hey, buddy, you want to go to UGA? He's like, nah. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? He goes, I got the grades to get in there. I'm like, you're an all A student. He's like, that. Yeah, I got you in back in your age, back in the 1700s. But right now, it's, it's my grades aren't going to get me in there. Plus, he wanted to go the whole ROTC thing, so he's at UNG doing all kinds of crazy military stuff. But and I'm happy for him but i get it uh my niece is on deferred she's got a uh, resume to get into uga that i could only dream of you know it's insane the act sat scores all the ap classes all the stuff it's tough to get in now here's the thing they don't have classes for people that are that smart and then classes for dumb people like me so if you're coming into uga you have to be a football player and still go to the classes for all these smart people and it's used against Georgia on the recruiting trail all the time because they don't have these striated classes like the you know 
tough classes. And here's some easy ones. Here's some basket weaving that you can go take. You got to take tough classes. So, and that's another reason. And again, I know nothing about Brian Taylor's grades or his thing, but you have to be academically tight to get, to be successful at George right now. So, and that's used against him on the trail all the time. I, mean, I think he could be good, but it's just the, it's just the fact that you're coming in like a, you're coming in like a, a senior out of high school, basically. And, and it, you, you got to get up to the speed. I think the speed is what is really uh, the major part is, is being able to get up to SEC speed. It doesn't matter if you're coming out of high school or coming out of the JUCO, it's just not the same. And um, so it's that learning curve and some kids could, could knock it out of the park. I mean, it, it and, and catch on fast, but I think, uh, and, and if you're looking at a, a, a Georgia, or you, I mean, it's similar to the, the like MLB. Am I going to take somebody from AAA, or am I going to trade for somebody who's you know been there, had the bats? Uh, the upside might be there, but you know, it's just you're right. Uh, real quick, uh, give me some guys that you think Georgia may be getting. Yeah. Wide receiver, that's ranked number ninety nine. Yeah. Don't start with me on the damn rankings. Just, just scroll. Just scroll all the way to the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> all right. If, if you see McConkey on there. No, I'm just kidding. They don't. Man, you're going to give people heart attacks. Uh, London Humphreys. I mean, come on. Look at that face. Look kinda, at that face. You want that get on your team. Yeah, you want him at SEC media days. Come on. <laughs> no, is that a little mullet working back there? That's what I was, it could just be a bad haircut. Yeah. Or I mean a bad not a bad haircut, a bad uh, trim job around the uh, background. You know, when you like you knock out the background on the photo and it uh, cuts off somebody's hair incorrectly. So uh London Humphreys and the, there's a question about Trevor Etienne in there too. Is he's not in the portal yet, is he? I don't think so. Deion Walker's not in there either, and Shamar Stewart's not in there, but yeah, exactly. Um, it could be you know, coming, right? London Humphreys is so um, yeah. You know, our uh, our Florida guy, Jason Higdon, was kind of saying, you know, he might go, he might not go, he's meeting with coaches, now he might go. So that's kind of a a up in the air one that's uh could still go either way. But yeah, I mean he you know, he I remember in his recruitment, he had Georgia in his top schools for a long time, even when Georgia had um Branson Robinson committed and uh Jordan James, then later they got Andrew Paul. But he he clearly there was a lot he that uh, ETN liked about Georgia. So um, that could be a guy. I think I wonder if running back could be something they look to add maybe after spring, just because you might have a better idea of, you know, how Andrew Paul is coming along, how Branson Robinson's coming along, um, you know, how these freshmen look. I don't know. That's just, just a thought, you know, if, if you look to get a body um, to add to the room and you've got a little bit, a little bit better idea of how things are progressing health health wise with some of those guys. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all to see Georgia add a guy in the portal because you figure, you know, Dejon Edwards and Kim Milton are probably both gone. And which ones are early enrollees? Frazier's not. Uh, Dwight Phillips, I don't think is because he's he wants to run track in the spring. So you're only looking at one. One. Chauncey uh, Bowens. Bowens is only one. So you really are going to play spring ball with. Andrew Paul, Chauncey Bowens, and Roderick. Roderick Jones. Roderick, and then Cash. I don't know how old's Cash. I don't, I don't know. He's up there. 
But uh, possibly cash. So you really get four. I guess you get Whitehead. But well, I was uh, say Lenith Whitehead. You know, didn't even know. Haven't even seen him down there. So you still got. I mean, you still got some guys that you can go through spring with. But I don't know how far you're getting as far as a. Uh, uh, a playmaker. I think your two playmakers are the play guys that are going to enroll in the summer. I think Chauncey Bowens can be good, but I think yeah. Nate Frazier is your home run, a home run hitter. Um, Dwight Phillips is a home run hitter, and you're not going to know what you got with them to the summer. So, uh, I mean, I, it's not going to surprise me. I think if ETN goes in there, Georgia would be very interested. I think, mm-hmm. um, and I think ETN would be very interested in Georgia. Yeah, they don't have uh, a guy like him right now. I think LSU is another school because that's home. But it's, um, I think Georgia would be definitely be interested because, it, like it or not, I think Kendall Milton did a great. Kendall Milton and Dejon did great. <laughs> that's good stuff. Hey, the dog father always gets me, gets me every time. Um, uh, folks, if you're not uh, watching the show and you're listening to it on the podcast, which I, I promise I will put this podcast up. I, I missed up the last week. I is Julian coming back for his eighth year? Yeah, uh, dog father says yeah. Cash Jones is moving in with Julian Rochester this year. Stop it, dog father. <laughs> back on your TikTok live. That's all you ever do. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think Georgia needs a a difference maker. I think um, Ken- Kendall Kendall played great. Uh, I think Dejon picked up the slack throughout the year when everybody was down. I think Dylan Bell came in and, and, and played good minutes. I still think there needs to be a difference maker. They don't have. They haven't had a di- difference maker. Well, that's in, my point about Trevor Etienne. I, I think he would would be a difference maker. Um, I think he's better than than what they had this year at the running back position. And what they had this year was playing over the younger guys. So my point is that. They need a difference maker, and, and he might be the ticket until you get the two summer guys up to speed. Uh, a lot of folks ask what do you think uh, Arian Smith will do? Uh, his name has been postulated and as a guy going into – I haven't heard anything about him going into the uh, uh, portal anytime soon. Could happen. Uh, nothing would shock me. Uh, just like, you know, someone's asked about uh, C.J. Smith and Mike um, um, Muse. I'm like, again – haven't heard those. We listed the person, the names that we were hearing on the at UJSports.com and check that out. It's pinned at the top of the dog vent, and uh, there is a recruiting. I mean, a uh, transfer tracker on the front page of the site um, where uh, you can check out the names that have gone in so far, and maybe some uh, names that might be coming George's way. So if you check out the transfer tracker that uh, Jed threw together today, it's got the names of the guys that are in there. And on the dog vent at UJSports.com, we have the latest rumors and innuendo and what we were hearing that may happen. And again, uh, the last three or four years, we have been dead on in our lists of who's going, you know, who's considering it, you know, whom, whom, uh, who they're worried about. Sometimes it's not so much uh, a guy that's uh, listed himself as, uh, uh, you know, said he's going into the portal. Sometimes we just hear from folks within the program. They're like, yeah, we, we're worried about this guy going in the portal. So uh, we put their name on there. Just to let folks know that uh, that is a possibility to get ahead of it. We try to keep everybody up to date on what, what the heck's going on. All right. So I think that's, uh, is there anybody else we need to worry about uh, going into the portal or coming or Georgia getting out of the portal? 
Uh, I think we I think we hear about everybody. I, I think the 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 key spots. I think they'll add one or two wide receivers. I think that taking another wide receiver in this class is. Uh, I think that they'd rather get somebody that's proven to come in and and play. Like Luther Burden. Do what? Like Luther Burden. I just said Jermaine Burton. I was about to slap. No, I was like Luther Burton. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, mean, uh, I can't. They, I can't wait till I get the calls from the uh, NFL scouts. Hey, you know he was at Georgia. What what, what did he do there? Well, I'll tell you what he like, did. It's like getting the calls about a certain. Never mind. A coach. Yeah, we, we get a lot. We get a lot of calls about you know guys at Georgia, like because we cover them in recruiting. So they'll say, "Hey, this what what happened in high school when this kid got injured?" And you know, because they want to know it's a long lasting thing. Are they trying to hide it? Uh, what kind of players he did to go to all the practices, to go to all the meetings, stuff like that. So we get a lot of uh, character reference calls. They don't call us up to ask us about our our analytical skills. You know, hey, do you think he can? You know, can he drop back into coverage? They're never going to ask us that. They always want to know news type stuff. So yeah. and what we pass along what you know. Yeah, exactly. In other words, am I going to make a seventeen million dollar mistake on this kid? Just well, he's, a, he's, he's at his eight school in seven years. I don't know. Uh, do you want to? <laughs> but uh, you're right about trying to add a different, uh, maybe a couple wide receivers there. And it's hey, uh, I think when you play when you play teams like Alabama, that that they're going to get up in your face and they're going to they're going to um, bump coverage you. I think that's one reason why Lad was trying to play. And I know a lot of people, you know. Say would Georgia George been better off without him playing? I don't know because Lad's one of the few guys that has the quickness and ability to get open and hurt or not. And I think you saw with uh, I think Dylan Bell is a great player, but you always saw Dylan Bell in contested catches because he didn't create as much separation as got other guys. I think Ra Ra's a guy that created separation. I think that's the reason why he was on the field. And um, I think Dylan Bell has the potential to be really good. I mean, I think he's a playmaker. But I think you see those tough contested catches because he's not creating that separation off the get. And you, you watch Lad McConkey, he just leaves guys. And you don't expect that. So I think they need to get some guys that can, on the outside, that can be difference makers and create that space and make those tough uh, Contested catches, and I think Dylan Bell can make those tough contested catches. Just creating separation is the key. You were one hundred percent correct. Uh, speaking of covering guys, we you had a pretty good update there. Uh, we posted it uh, two hours ago, Jed, about uh, Marcellus Barnes. Tell us the latest on uh, Marcellus Barnes. Who is he, and why does it matter? Why are we talking about him on recruit uh, rumors versus facts? Well, he is you know one of the few high school targets left. Uh, as far as the 24 class goes, defensive back from Chattanooga. As you can see from uh, this lovely picture there, just won a state championship uh, for the Macaulay School in Chattanooga. And, you know, George has been after him for a while. He visited for a couple games this year. Fran Brown is gone. And he he was honest. He said, yeah, it hurt Georgia a little bit, but not too much because, you know, I've still got a lot of confidence in Kirby Smart, a lot of confidence in Will Muschamp. They're going to develop me, um, that kind of stuff. And an interesting quote he had was, you know, he said, my parents are are telling me to make this decision based on what my goals are. And my goals are to uh, go to the NFL. And I think Georgia could could get me there the best. You know, he's looking at Georgia. He's looking at Ole Miss. Um, LSU is coming on strong, he said. Fran Brown is offered him at Syracuse. Um, so, I, I mean, the, what I came away from that interview with is Fran Brown's departure did not uh, disqualify Georgia from this race at all. He's going to take an official visit to Georgia. He said Georgia is likely to get his first official visit um, just because, you know, even 
with Fran Brown gone, he's been talking to Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp the longest out of any uh, any of these coaches involved in his recruitment. So um, Georgia still has a good shot to land him. He it, it's a packed schedule because it's you know it's it's December fourth. Signing day is in uh, what sixteen days. He wants to take official visits to Georgia, Ole Miss, LSU, and maybe Syracuse, and uh, and then probably uh, commit on or, or around signing day. So it's going to be a busy couple of weeks for Marcellus Barnes. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if Georgia gets up there for for in home type deal at some point. And um, and yeah, you know, he could be the fourth guy they looked at in this defensive back class for sure. I just want to mention one more thing on uh, uh, you're all talking about Arian Smith earlier. I would love, and I love the way that Bobo designed that play on um, on Saturday where they lined up up in the slot. Mm-hmm. Arian Smith is not uh, as fast as he is, and, and I mean, he's not an outside receiver. I think they need to spend more time with him in the slot, and I know Dominic Lovett's there, but I would love to see him more in the slot because it allows him to play more free without getting bump coverage. And you have to play a safety over the top with a nickel. He's going to run past any nickel in a game. So I think playing him in the slot more gives Georgia that more opportunity to make take those deep shots or it opens up other things because you have to play a safety over the top of them every time. Yeah, I love when they get that single high safety and he has to – uh, shade there, and then they run a little out route. <laughs> There's nobody over there, so. especially with a guy like Brock, where you can just make the the safety just stutter just a little bit, mm-hmm. and you you run that route that he ran the other day, like that fade going towards the sideline. It's yep. un it's unguardable, especially with a guy with his speed. Dang, you're right. That's exactly what I was thinking. Same like minds uh, right there. Uh, real quick, uh, we mentioned Brian Taylor, the defensive end. Uh, talk to me real quick about Terrell Anderson. Yeah, big guy from North Carolina. We're talking about receivers, so. Yeah. um, It's still kind of up in the air. I mean, he's still – I mean, we always say on here when, uh, you know, you're you're committed to you're not. He has had a lot of opportunities to back off that pledge from North Carolina State. He is not. Um, Georgia is is a pursuit. He's really close with Dylan Riola as well. Um, He is that big body X type, you know, Marcus Rosenby, Jack Saint, um so we'll see i mean again like i just said with marcellus barnes i i would expect the georgia staff to probably go in home with him at some point i would think and uh and we'll see you know he could be one at this point it might come down to signing day you know he might just end up flipping on signing day and signing with georgia then um and something else to mention about these in-home visits too are his arms touching his kneecaps yeah, I've seen questions about, you know, who is the staff going to go in home with? And I would expect most, if not all, the commits are going to get an in-home visit. Barnes probably will, Anderson will. But, like, this time last year, nobody knew who Jamal Merriweather was. And Stacey Searles goes in home with him. They offer him, and he flips from UCF to Georgia. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Who are the, the unknown guys that just pop up out of nowhere? Could they go see a – you know, I, I guess receiver might be a, a quote unquote position of need. I guess. Do they go see a receiver when it's not on the radar yet? Do they go see a defensive back who's not on the radar yet? Radar yet? Offer him and flip him somewhere. So that's going to be the interesting thing. I mean, commits are probably going to get in home visits. Like I said, the two targets, but it's going to be interesting to see who that that's not really on the radar right now. Where the Georgia coaches show up uh, in terms of those guys. 
and I think you, you're. I think the staff's probably waiting. You know, not only is this the first week of recruiting, but you know, basically you're recruiting your team back this week, having those team meetings, having those player meetings, finding out who's going where, if somebody's leaving, somebody, you know, if players are staying. Uh, so I think you're going to see if you see more receivers. I saw Jackson Meeks going the portal today. If you see a couple more receivers going the portal, that means you got to take a couple more numbers in, in in either the portal or this class. So. When they when they get a finalized number, that could open up a spot, uh, you know, to pursue Terrell and and, and several others. Makes sense. Uh, let's get to some of the questions at the vault at UJ Sports. Now, folks, if you're not a member of UJ Sports, you should uh, definitely sign up. And there's two main message boards. There's the dog vent where we talk all Georgia football, all the uh, other college football topics. There's always fun stuff going over there. And every once in a while, you'll see like, hey, I'm in uh, Hilton Head. You have uh, uh, any recommendations for restaurants? And that'll be a 10-page thread about restaurant recommendations or bourbon talk. But most of the time, it's Georgia football and uh, or, you know, uh, Georgia's opponents in football. But uh, if you the other message board you should check out if you're at UGA Sports is The Vault. And The Vault's where we talk recruiting. And we'll jump to our first question here from Medical Dog. Uh, he says this is the Transfer Portal Edition. Uh, he's asked about, do you think Georgia gets in with some big money transfers, namely Walter Nolan? Uh, we talked about him or game-breaking wide receiver. Uh, we, we've kind of touched on that a lot, so I hope we answered your question, Medical Dog. Um, uh, but referring to high school recruiting, he says, how do you make K.J. Bolden a Georgia Bulldog? We're, what, two weeks and two days out from signing day? Uh, make sure he that, never, awesome? it, that he knows that he's never going to play in a national championship. Oh, <laughs> Shots fired. Holy oh, Damn. <laughs> I mean, you don't think that could be a recruiting pitch? I mean, I, oh my, yeah, you're going I mean, to your conference is so odd, awful. You can't play for a title yeah. even if you go undefeated. I mean, that's going to be a negative recruiting tool going forward, and I'm, I'm uh, it's it's just that's the way it's going to be. I mean, there's I had not even thought about that. Yeah, I mean that that yeah. really hurts the conference as a as a whole, just from every aspect. I mean, yet and. Your 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 conference is always going to be second tier to SEC and Big Ten. Uh, that that with the teams coming in, Texas, Oklahoma, Oregon, USC going to Big Ten, you're now you're probably going to be a tier below second tier. Mm-hmm. You know, those two te- those two schools are going to be it. They l- look at the schools. They had a post yesterday. Look at the top 11, 12 schools in the college football playoffs. All of them are SEC or Big Ten schools next year. Except for Florida State. Wow. Yeah. Well, that is that's a great way to answer it, right there. <laughs> yeah. You're never you'll never play for a title, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you can do everything right. Oh well, no, we won't say that. You won't. It's not that you'll never pay for a title. If one of your players gets injured, you're out. Lose a quarterback, uh, you, you don't get to play. So I would sit your quarterback out at least half the season just so you have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I'd uh, feed me tacos. What a great name! And the scary avatar says, "Who is a recruit that you're excited about that maybe everyone else isn't as high on?" Uh, let's go straight to Jed uh, May. Jed is our recruiting. Uh, he's the one that actually does all the recruiting rankings. So, uh, right. Well, uh, let's see. Right. And um, I, let's see. I mean, who are you moving up in the rankings, Jed? Come on. I just, Sokovi White is so good, man. I always stand on the table for Sokovi White. And he just, every time you go watch him, he delivers some crazy highlights. He'll, he'll jump over a guy. 
he'll make a one-handed catch. He'll juke a kid out of his shoes. He'll do something. Um, and and highlighting this isn't the measure, the end-all, be-all measure if you're going to be a good college player. But man, he's really good. Um, you know, I, I think he'll be uh, rising before this is all said and done. I mean, if he was three inches taller, he's probably a five-star. Um, but he he's going to be really good at at Georgia. I think he's going to prove a lot of people. All right. Who's next? I can go. I mean, Demelo Jones. I gushed over Demelo Jones last week, but I think a lot of people are high on him. Um, I haven't seen many guys in this twenty-four class. I did see Daniel Calhoun. Um, I think a lot of people have reasons to be high on him, but I mean, I know Trent saw him too. I know Jet saw him too. I mean, he he was just mauling kids out there, and and I saw him go up against uh, Elias Williams, who's a twenty-five uh, Georgia commit, one of the top tight ends in the country. Who's playing outside linebacker for Camden County, and they when they went up against each other, I mean he, I mean he handled him. He's a lot thicker than him, but when I asked him after the game, I, I was like, "How does it feel, you know, blocking someone? He's, you know, like that big." And he goes, "I've never blocked someone this size." Um, and I mean he's, I mean he's playing at a high level too right now with Walton in the state championship. So I would say him for me. All right, Trent. I mean, I, I could take the easy way out and take Justin Robinson or Ellis Robinson, so, uh, but I'm not going to do that because, I mean, those two guys are, uh, I think they're kids that can play day one. But I think there's, uh, you know, Kirby's always got somebody under the radar that he's got high, rated higher than everybody else, like a C.J. Allen. That C.J. Allen was like the fourth linebacker in that class rated or third linebacker in that class rated. Um, I think Chris Cole can be that guy. I think Chris Cole is a guy that can um, pick my guy. They can play numerous positions. I think he's a guy, a, a Jalen a Walker, Walker that can that can play inside, can be used early in his career as a speed rusher. Um, can even slide out and play some coverage if that if they play some teams and and uh, slide out and play some uh, star. But I think mainly you're going to look at him as a guy that can that just be versatile. And um, and I think. Uh, Chris Cole is a guy that could definitely play early in his career just because of that versatility and, and Georgia's pass rush issues. Um, you know, he, he's shown in high school that he can rush the passer and uh, in his length and stuff. Uh, you know, him and Justin Robinson, I mean, Justin Williams, not Robinson. Justin Robinson played for Georgia a couple years ago. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw him make a catch from Mississippi State. It's Ole Miss. But, um, yeah. uh, but Justin Williams is, uh, I think, that is a very good duo and not taking anything away from the third uh, linebacker, but I think uh, Chris Cole, the, just the versatility of those two guys. All right. I mean, give, give me a tight end. Cause you know, I got to have a weekly tweet about tight ends. Give me a, a Jaden Riddle. And uh, I'm gonna go with Ryan Puglisi just because I mean, I don't think we have him ranked in the top 250, but Georgia was very excited about him. Uh, what we had tape of almost every uh, touchdown or play that he had up at uh, Avon Old Farms. It's an odd league, you know, play play on Saturdays. I don't know how good the football is up there, but it looks pretty good. And give me a quarterback. So that'll be my guy that uh, I should say not everyone's as excited about, but all we ever hear about is people talking about is, you know, uh, Dylan Rayola coming in because he's the number two, number one quarterback in the conference or in the uh, class and the number two overall player. But I think Ryan Pugliese is going to give him um, a hell of a fight for to be that starting quarterback. If Mims elects to go pro, who's right tackle next year? Uh, Monroe Freeland. Monroe. I guess. Yes. But because I, mean, I think you're losing your depth there with mm -hmm. if 
uh, Lindbergh goes to the portal and if uh, um, Blasky went to the portal. So I think that was your depth right there. So I think it is, it, and it I, you could see one of these tackles. They got six tackles coming in, come in and uh, be a guy that's kind of in that two depth early, two deep early. That's a good point. We, we, but I, I have a hard time distinguishing who's the best in that group. So uh, that would be easy to pick one of those, but I would be almost picking blind. I mean, I watched the film. I'm like, oh, I can see why George offered him. Oh, this guy's a monster. Well, they're all six so, seven so hard. To, he is so hard to come in and be that guy. And I, I know people say it's you. Know, it's, Marquez Easley's a stud, man. I don't doubt it. I'm just saying that there have been so many. I've been wrong on so many offensive linemen, you know, that I just – because there's so few people like that. There are very few six-foot six, six-foot seven, six-foot eight, 300-pound guys who can move. And uh, even if you can find them, that doesn't mean they're going to be good offensive linemen. So, do was Mark, what it, was it easily that, that announced today that he was shutting it down? Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm told uh, Stacey Searle saw him last night. So that would make sense. Oh, there you go. I got because I, I saw that he made an announcement that he was shutting it down or whatever. Six seven three fifteen. He, he's a beast. But that actually brings up the question from Seabuck uh, eleven. Says who all is staff going to go see this week? Uh, do we know that yet? We I put on the board yesterday. They they saw some players. Um, well, that's. I know Nazir Johnson was one that um, Trey Scott went and saw yesterday. That's the newest commit, I guess. Um, there's just so many defensive linemen commits in this class. You kind of you kind of forget uh, how many actual bodies that they have in this class, and and there's a bunch of them. And um, you know, Nazir Johnson's the newest one from Dublin, and Trey Scott was down there to see him yesterday. Love it. Hi. Um, this question from. Uh, Space Pope 3, will it, any incoming transfers cause UGA to change plans on any of his 2024 commits? I.e., we've seen, the, I mean, by noon there were 400 players in the portal. I'm sure by now that's probably doubled or even tripled. As If you're clicking on the uh, Rivals transfer tracker, it is constantly being updated. There's constantly names going in there. Uh, could Georgia get in a transfer right now that could make them drop a 2024 commit? I'm gonna I'll, let me take my stab at it first, and you guys can see if you agree or disagree. I don't see I don't see it happening because you're gonna lose ten to fifteen players right now in the uh, portal. So I think Georgia's saying, "Look, we, we've recruited these kids, we've made a promise to them. We're not gonna drop them at the last minute. Uh, let's get them in here." And again, if they don't work out, then they're in the portal next year. You still need numbers every year, and I think that that's what you're meaning by that. I think you got to bring in your guys that you got. Uh, you got to bring in your high school kids, and then you fill out the difference with uh, whoever leaves. You fill out the difference for your portal guys, and so I don't. I don't think that necessarily the mindset of recruiting is going to change year by year as it did a couple years ago with Kirby. You know, you can take more than twenty five and all that stuff, but you take your you take your supposed number, and then if you're get a couple of portal guys because they got an idea who's going to the portal, you know, October, November. Um, then you get your, then you uh, get your portal, however, however many portal guys you've got going, then you fill it out in, in the portal. And um, so I don't think much of that changes with, as far as the current class. I got a question for you guys here. Uh, this is from uh, show enough 253. 
with Brock and Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint moving on next season, who is UGA's primary receiver? Is it uh, it's not Lad. Yeah, it's, uh, Dylan Bell, someone else uh, by, by committee who's a high guy, or is it someone coming out of the transfer portal? All right, Lance, you're on the spot. I would say George's leading receiver next year is who? I mean, wouldn't you say Dominic Lovett? Wouldn't you say Ra Ra Thomas? You know, if they're if they're uh, you know coming back. I would say that was the three starters. Uh, you know, those two and Dylan yeah. uh, would be the yeah, three starters. Because um, uh, I think Dylan Bell like a full dude. Like you don't. If, if Anthony a, Evans can click, that yeah. freaking burst that he had one of that punt return, I, I swear to you, if if he yeah. can play receiver and burst uh, have some burst like that, I mean, he he shot out of a dang cannon when he caught that mm-hmm. ball. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't don't forget Zed Haynes. Oh, I love Zed, and. I mean, you still got Arian, so you still got those speedsters. And CJ, I mean, all four of those guys can run. All right, he's got a second question. How comfortable is the staff with uh, Paul Branson, Roderick as the lead dogs in the backfield? Do you see UGA dipping into the transfer portal? We kind of touched on that one with uh, if the right guys out there, they would, and they got three running back coming in. So right now, you'd have six guys on the uh, – six scholarship running backs, which is a lot. Yeah, And then they would uh, – maybe bring a seventh through the portal. But, again, if it's the right guy, they do. I think the, the issue is if you had a healthy Branson, they don't take anybody. Mm-hmm. But I think the hurt Branson yeah. is the is the reason why you take one because I think Branson is probably the best out of them all. Makes sense. Uh, Andrew Paul's coming back. He, he's looked pretty good at times. But, you know, again, this is year one after an ACL, and Roderick's got that uh, issue that's taken a long time to heal. So, uh, do you see UG? The question is, do you see them dipping into the portal? Yeah, and are they for the right guy? Yeah, exactly. They're not gonna they're not gonna dip in the portal and take a guy that they don't feel like can contribute with the other three. But if they feel like it's an upgrade, you're always gonna look. Uh, PA dog six ten says, "How much sleep do y'all get in the next three weeks?" Uh, Ronnie never sleeps. I don't know what he does during yeah. the middle of the night, but somehow he'll end up tweeting at like three thirty seven a.m. Yeah. I was up until three o'clock in our morning last night, and I was back at it at eight o'clock this morning. So then he'll be in our group meet chat at eight fifteen, typing something, yeah. and I'm like, "After what, after what, what happened last, in the last four hours?" <laughs> after his last message at four forty seven a.m. I mean, he's a little different than Ben Bachman, who will who will tweet all night or, or not tweet, uh, be on the board all night and sleep all day. He hibernates it when it's light out. Well, we know he's a vampire, so uh, not not a ton of sleep, a uh, lot going on. Well, but here's the thing, though: we were talking earlier about the uh, transfer portal being like, you know, the, the first day of the transfer portal was like that signing day with all the excitement going on. Signing day used to be such an event; we'd get up at like five o'clock, and uh, you had to have your stuff ready because you knew that there was going to be names going down. You're waiting for guys to put their stuff in. Even that they've moved it up two months, Kirby's taken most of the drama out of it. Even Mm -hmm. last year, we're talking about, well, these three guys are not going to sign until February. So, and sure enough, two of those were the first guys to send their numbers in or letters in. So uh, Kirby's taking a lot of the drama out of it, but boy, does uh, when the new signing day, when we we could all go to the blind pig and hang out together and we can do get on the microphone and talk about guys or, or, you know, everybody go over to butts mirror and hang out. That's going to be the day the, the uh, transfer portal opens. That, that's where, where all the excitement is going to be for the upcoming years. So, and a lot of, I mean, you see in the past, a lot of the guys that don't sign early actually do send their paperwork in. Georgia doesn't announce it because they want to have a signing day ceremony in January. So, or February. So they actually have the paperwork in hand. They're just waiting until February. Right. Uh, 
quick, quick question from Guatemala Mike. That that may be one of my newest favorite names on there, Guatemala Mike. That just sounds like a guy you want to hang out with. Uh, uh, do you think missing the playoffs and losing so many experienced players might cause UGA and donors to spend more money on next year's roster? I know UGA isn't directly spending, cough, cough. Uh, do you guys think uh, they do have more money coming in from – friends at hunker vodka i'll mention them real quick because if you buy hunker vodka you are helping uga some of the proceeds of this go to the classic city collective the classic city collective is uga's nil arm they set up nil deals for uh recruits or guys that sign with georgia current players guys that might go to the nfl i think uh gunner stockton probably has a new deal because he's coming back you know or uh, Carson Beck comes back, he gets a new deal, you know, or gets a bigger deal. They like to use the money that they have in the Classic City Collective to, if you got to pick somebody to be the face of a company, you have somebody reaches out and says, hey, I got a car company, uh, who can I get? You're like, well, we'd really like you to talk to this guy who might be going to the NFL and let's get, uh, let's, you sign a $50,000 deal with that guy. So all of a sudden that player's like, well, I don't have to go to the NFL right now. I've got five, six deals worth, you know, $800,000 and the NFL will be there next year. So I'm good. Uh, the point being, do you guys think that missing the playoffs um, will cause more people to open up their wallets in the NIL area? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, it's not like you have a, a roster that's like, it's not like you had a year like Clemson where, where all these various roster uh, shortcomings are exposed. I mean, you missed a, a playoff birth by three points and you know if a field goal made it goes overtime if you don't fumble down there in the red zone like you could Georgia very easily could be sitting in the playoffs so I don't think so I mean the missing the playoff part of it I don't think has anything to do with it now with as, as you mentioned Trent like Kirby Smart will spend NIL on the proven guys from the transfer portal so is there more money spent in that area than years past like maybe just because Georgia needs D lineman and maybe a receiver and uh, things like that, but I don't think it would have anything to do to uh, anything to do with you know missing the playoff or anything like that. Yeah, and I think a lot of people misconstrue Georgia's NIL policy. Georgia's not going to go buy a recruit. Georgia's players are paid very well, so I think that's where things are misconstrued. Georgia's players are 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 being taken care of in the right way, but they're not. They're not going to go out and say, well, uh, we need a K.J. Bolden. We're going to give him $2.3 million over four years, and then we're going to buy him. That's that's not that's not how Georgia's spending their money. So I think Transfer Portal, guys that they know, families that they know that from the recruiting trail, they're going to spend money on them like they spend on their players. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what uh, – players miss i think a lot of people say well georgia don't spend nil money there's nil money going out but most of it is yeah, to their proving guys everybody on the team yeah it's their proving guys are getting it i mean there's there's guys like rock bowers who doesn't even accept the the nil money from the uh, classic collective um he, he likes to he make sure other guys are treated but um because he, he he's fine. He's got he's got plenty of nil deals. So, um, I think I think the players are taken care of. They're just not going to take those players and take a risk on a recruit of bringing a cancer into the locker room. All right, Lance, are going to spend more money? Or and again, this is uh this isn't UGA. This is uh the Guatemala Mike asked. It's yeah. going to cause UGA donors to spend more money. 
I'll go back to Walter Nolan. I agree with Jed. Yes, that's what I was about. That's what I was about to say. Unless it's a guy like Walter Nolan. I know Shamar Stewart's not in the portal yet, but guys like that that are proven. And I kind of agree with Jed's point. You know, um, you know these guys. These guys are well compensated, and uh, you know, as Trent's, you know, adds to back up what Trent say. You know, they don't want to bring in a, you know, a high. You know, they don't want to pay a high school kid. You know, X amount maybe like KJ Bolden, who hasn't proven himself yet. They'd rather go after and get somebody that's. That's uh that played at the college level. Um, and so yeah, I would agree. This is this is my thing. Y'all are all wrong, just so you know. If you got Caleb Downs, who's played a year at Alabama, or you got KJ Bolden, who are you taking your money and you spending it on? Yeah. But again, that does seem here's the thing, that's not the question. Oh, the question I'll, I'll spend I'll, okay. You're talking about spending the question my money. Is will donors I'm gonna tell you this who are, who are mad as hell is what happened. Again, you Kirby, have to you're the number one team, and you dropped the six unprecedented for a three-point loss on a neutral field. Alabama did not have to be undefeated to get in, but they did. Georgia apparently did have to be undefeated to get in. And then FSU was undefeated, and they don't get in. And you're you're sitting there going, I, right, how can I affect this? This is well, BS. Kirby's a defensive guy. I'm going to a check. Kirby's all about perfection on defense. You damn right, he's going to spend money if he has a chance to spend money to get better on defense. That that it's, it's going to happen. That, that he saw his nose tackle get blown. He don't have the money. <laughs> Again, the whole question is: Will donors? This isn't Will Kirby? Will UGA? The question is: Is the people who are mad, the people who you know, I did a TikTok and it had like 150,000 views. There are people in there going, you know, t- most of them telling me I'm an idiot, but the Georgia fans are like, we got hosed. Well, are those people who say we got hosed going to? buy a shit ton of hunker vodka are they going to contribute to the georgia nil if you can go to classic city collective you don't have to give them out ten hundred thousand dollars you can give them 20 bucks a month well i think is that going um, to happen yeah when, when you get spoiled and you go and you win two national championships in the following year you're sitting out and you spend the whole month of december and you are not planning for a national championship you're not planning to play in the playoffs yeah i think donors are going to be i think if georgia needs it donors are going to fork it because because you get in that spoiled stage and you want to feel that spoiled stage again, and yes, the 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 world's not changing. Georgia lost one game as, or you know one game in the last forty six or whatever it is, but they're going to be fine because uh, I think I think what Kirby if Kirby needs a defense tackle, I think donors will will, will pony up for it. If Kirby needs a if he says hey I can get you back here. If if I got this, if I got these funds to give this player, I can get back to the playoffs next year, and I can get us back in the national championship scene. And I think donors would. Definitely I'm going to tell you, he's he's already done it. And I can tell you this: that I know at least one person who is listening. And yes, they are going to spend money. Uh, Georgia is going to have. Is it Brian right. Gilmer? <laughs> no, they they are. Uh, to your point. Uh, there are people who want to ensure that the dynasty continues. They're like, hey, we should have had a shot at three, you know, and they saw what happened on uh, – uh, they saw where Georgia was limited. Uh, even, you know, again, you've had four first-round draft picks on the defensive line, but you didn't have one of those guys this year. So if you can get Deion Walker, you know, if you can get Jamar Stewart, you can get Walter Nolan. Now somebody's like, you know, we get Deion Walker. I, I can run an ad campaign around him. You know, here's my – Hundred thousand uh, dollars, classic city collective. Please set this up, you know. And then I'll, you, know, you got three other people, and all of a sudden he's doing more commercials than he is uh, practicing. 
I could definitely see that happening. I saw something on Twitter yesterday that said Alabama ends Georgia's dynasty, but Alabama is the one that said Georgia wasn't in a dynasty. Yeah, because a dynasty happens over a, a period of time, and I don't think number one, I don't think Georgia is going away anytime soon. No. But I just you know, Georgia Georgia will continue winning. They got a tough tough schedule next year, and I think that's the reason why you have to get the D line problems fixed. Because they they go to Texas, go to Alabama. I mean, they have a tough schedule. I look at it this way: uh, you're pretty close, but if you're gonna, the way you're gonna win in the uh, new with Texas and Oklahoma coming in, like you said, a tougher schedule next year, gotta have the right roster. The reason Kirby Smart has two national championships is because roster management. The reason we have this show, recruiting, you know, rumors versus facts, because we're trying to weed out the garbage rumors get to the facts, what's really going to happen. This whole show is basically about roster management and covering what it does. And it's not just because we cover Georgia. I talk to people around the nation. They all say, hey, look, the person who's the master of roster management is Kirby Smart. But you can't hit all those guys all the time. You know, it's just uh, it's impossible. But he's done it better than anybody else. That's why he won 29. That's why he set an SEC record for most wins. So, all right, I think that was all the questions we had for this week's show. Let me just double check there. Yeah. Kirby builds those teams on the line of scrimmage, and when he goes back and watches the film of that game, and he sees that Alabama had the upper, had the advantage on the line of scrimmage, it, you don't think he's going. I think he's going to do something about it, and I think he's got to do something about it with, I think, uh, talent. And when you have that opportunity to land talent in the portal, you you bring it in, and that's all you can do. Or, or JUCO. Yep. Hi, right, Jed. What's going to happen? We got the more recruiting rankings coming out. Let's finish up with that to kind of give us a uh, preview of when when will people see the new rankings? Yeah, new rankings come out tomorrow. I believe it's at noon. I'll have to check my calendar and see what time I uh, I set them to go up. But uh, new rankings come out tomorrow. The full uh, 250 guys. Um, again, Georgia is is quite well represented. So, um, and then yeah, you know it's it's Georgia State Championships are next week at you know this time next Monday night it is I forget the, the single A games are Monday night and then it's uh, you know games after that so Georgia commits and targets uh, we playing in Mercedes Benz so I don't got to be out in the rain and uh, and yeah it's you know again it's it's two weeks from this Wednesday is signing day so the Kirby Smart you know the, the tricks up the sleeve the the late flips whatever now is the time where it happens so. Um, it's, it's, it's an exciting time for sure. Awesome. Hey, uh, we went a little long tonight, folks. Um, hey, I appreciate one, one last question. Sure. If Washington gets knocked off in the first round of the playoffs, Michigan gets knocked off in one loss in the, in the first round of the playoffs and FSU comes and Georgia comes and plays uninspired ball like they did versus Texas and Florida state finishes 14 and 0 and those two teams that play in the national championship finish with one loss, another one with two losses. Do we have a instance where we got somebody claiming a national title? We're the only yeah. undefeated team. Probably. Be the second team. I would salute that flag. I said the same thing about Auburn when they went undefeated and they were locked out of the uh, BCS because uh, they what they were like ranked. Maybe not in the top twenty-five, and then they moved up, and they're like. Well, these other two teams that we had in the top five, they, you know, they went undefeated wire to wire. And I'm like, dude, the only reason you're not putting Auburn in there is because the preseason polls didn't have them high enough, you know. And then UCF got kind of hosed, and I'm like, hey, you guys want to raise the flag, claim national champions? That's fine. I've seen I've seen teams claim it for less 
Alabama, Georgia Tech. You know, there's been a lot of teams. Their teams are like, oh, yeah, well, well, this poll we were number one, and this other poll we weren't. You know, so team, to me, if if Florida State beats Georgia, that they will have beaten three SEC teams. I'd be like, all right. And I, and I think and, and they'll done it with a backup quarterback. So it can only be the case if you if if Michigan and Washington get knocked off because they'd be undefeated and they'd be in the playoffs. But I think if you had two one loss teams playing for the national championship and Florida State finished undefeated at five, I think they're they're going to be like, hey, it's biggest pitch uh, biggest fit they're pitching right now, which I rightfully so they need to. But uh, I think they would be like, oh, well, we're claiming national championship. Yeah, them and Liberty and UCF. All right, folks, that's all the time we have for this week's show. We really appreciate everybody tuning in. It means a lot to us, and we will see you next Monday night where we'll have a lot more to talk about. Y'all take care.